This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Say, what's the biggest car company in America? Well, if you look at just last month, it was Toyota. The giant Japanese automaker easily outsold General Motors, Ford, and the Chrysler part of Stellantis in their home market. In fact, it was a terrible first quarter for Detroit's automakers as they lost significant amounts of market share. Ford dropped more than 10%, GM was down nearly 7%, and Stellantis dropped 6%. Even though the Detroit 3 lost share, they posted big percentage gains in sales. In fact, everyone did. But as we know, that's compared to March of last year, which is when the pandemic shutdown started. And with everyone posting big gains, it's kind of confusing to see how they're doing relative to one another. So let's look at market share instead of sales. From that standpoint, Porsche was the hottest brand last month, posting a whopping 33% gain in share. Volvo and Audi were both up 16%, Mazda was hot on their heels, and Hyundai was right behind Mazda. Overall, car sales came in far better in March than any of the analysts were expecting. Automakers sold over 1.5 million vehicles, which is an extremely strong number. And the SAR, or Seasonally Adjusted Annual Rate, came in at a stunning 17.7 million units. And all this happened despite weak fleet sales and low levels of inventory. Tell you what, if these automakers ever solve that chip shortage, you're going to see sales go through the roof. Tesla also released its first quarter global sales, which came to 184,800 vehicles. That's better than most analysts were expecting. They thought Tesla would sell 170,000 cars. Wards reports that fewer than 50,000 of those sales were in the U.S. market. And if that's right, then Tesla must have seen significant increases in China and Europe. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Automated and autonomous driving are important developments that help make the traffic of the future safer, more efficient, and more comfortable. We are ZF. More action to report in the world of fuel cells today. The Stellantis Group announced it's coming out with a fleet of light commercial vehicles that run on hydrogen. And it's taking a slightly unique approach. It's going with what it calls a mid-power architecture, which combines a good amount of hydrogen storage with a moderately sized battery pack. The vans will feature three hydrogen tanks that hold 120 liters, or just under 32 gallons, and a 10.5 kilowatt hour battery pack. That setup is estimated to return a range of over 400 kilometers or about 250 miles. For comparison, a Toyota Mirai holds about five more gallons of hydrogen, but only has a 1.6 kilowatt hour battery pack. To save on costs, Stellantis is using its current medium EV van platform, then ripping out the batteries and stuffing the hydrogen tanks between the frame rails. This allows the vans to keep their payload capacity 
and cargo space intact. The battery, which is the same one it uses in other plug-in hybrid vehicles, also saving cost, is then mounted under the front seats. There is a separate plug for the battery itself, and it alone can provide up to 50 kilometers or 31 miles of range. Versions of the Citroen Jumpy, Peugeot Expert, and Opel Vivero will be built in Germany and deliveries start before the end of this year. While Lordstown Motors is doing everything it can to prove the report by Hindenburg Research wrong, to help show that it's got its manufacturing under control, Lordstown released a video of its first two beta versions of its endurance pickup rolling off the assembly line. It says it has 55 more betas to build, but still plans to start production in September. Hindenburg claims Lordstown has manufacturing issues that will push production back years, and also that Lordstown's pre-order claims are misleading. British sports car maker MG revealed some design sketches of an all-electric roadster called the Cyberster. While the concept was created at the company's design studio in London, the car will make its debut at the Shanghai Auto Show later this month. The two-seater features MG's signature round headlights, a slim grille, and the company's magic eye headlights that open when turned on. It has a range of 800 kilometers, or about 500 miles, and can move from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in under 3 seconds. That's all the info we have for now, but we'll learn more when it's unveiled in a few weeks. Some people were a little shocked at the sticker price of Bollinger's B2 Chass E-Cab commercial vehicle platform, which ranges from $70,000 to $100,000 before destination, taxes, or incentives. But, according to Bollinger, customers who buy the $70,000 version will end up saving over $27,000 compared to an ICE chassis cab setup when looking at the total cost of ownership over 10 years. Couple of interesting notes, that comparison factors in a $5,000 engine and transmission replacement for the ICE truck and a $12,400 battery pack for the Bollinger. While the savings is great over time, this raises a question for me. If I did my math right, the balance of cost doesn't tip into the EV's favor until the last few years of ownership. So. Do fleet owners keep their vehicles around long enough to justify making the switch from ICE to EV? We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. They say that range anxiety is one of the key things holding back sales of electric cars. But Andy Daga, the chairman and CEO of Momentum Dynamics, says he's got the solution. Momentum Dynamics makes inductive charging pads that can be built right into the pavement. Andy was recently on AutoLine this week, and here's his idea of how to solve range anxiety. 
the infrastructure of charging can contribute to the range of the vehicle and also to its bad cold weather performance by doing more frequent charging. If you're going to ask people to charge more frequently, it's like asking, asking them to go to the gas station and filling up every day. They don't like to fill up in the first place once a week. So what we got to do is take the fill up experience out of the picture completely, automate the charging experience, and just add 50 miles, 100 miles here, there, and sip energy rather than guzzle energy as you move through your, your life experience with the vehicle. And the only time range then becomes a problem is when you're taking a long distance trip, driving from New York to Florida, that's tolerable to make a rest stop and charge while you're at the rest stop. But for everyday neighborhood or mega neighborhood driving within a hundred miles of your home, there really is not a, lim a limitation on range if you sip the energy along the way at the places where you stop. And of course, you can watch that entire show on our website or YouTube channel. Well, if automotive journalists ruled the world, station wagons would be the best-selling cars on the planet. Talk to any car journal, and they'll tell you how they believe the public should be buying wagons instead of crossovers. And we plead guilty to that sentiment. We had a Volvo V90 wagon in the Autoline garage this week, and it checked just about all of the boxes easy to get in and out of, easy to load gear in the back of, plenty of luggage space with the rear seats folded down, beautiful to look at, so comfortable to sit in, and thanks to having both a supercharger and a turbocharger, plenty of power the split second you need it. So why are sales so lousy? Volvo's SUVs are flying off the lot, but the V90 wagon is nailed to the showroom floor. They are extremely rare to see. One reason may be the price. The loaded T6 all-wheel drive inscription trim line that we drove cost over $67,000. And while it's rated at 25 miles to the gallon, the gauge on our car only showed 23 mpg. That's what the XC90 is rated at. Also, for some reason, Volvo seems to have tuned the suspension in a way that generates a low vibration in the car at highway speeds. The V90 doesn't ride nearly as well or smoothly as the XC60 we were recently in. And maybe that explains why Volvo only sold about 200 V90s last month in the American market. While we love wagons, it's clear the public doesn't see a compelling reason why to buy them. That's it for today. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over the air engineering, boost your game. Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy efficient world. And by ZF. ZF, driving intelligence for software-defined vehicles and transforming next-generation mobility. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.